Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. Presented by CNT Services. Here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into another edition of Horsepower Happenings. Glad to be with you. Happy May Day. Uh, that's right. The calendar has officially flipped over to the month of May. Never mind the snowflakes outside tonight as uh, we drop this new episode. Those will pass in time for the weekend. We hope. Right now, let's get into what's happening in a Motor City Minute. How about one for the old guys? MTJ parks it in Victory Lane on a Monday afternoon at Dover Downs. And uh, that, of course, Martin Truex Jr. He got in a screaming match with his crew in the middle of the day. They told him to calm down. He told them to calm down. And guess what? That 19 car went to the front of the field and picked up the win. Ross Chastain wrecks another race car. He says he's got an apology to write and is going to have to go visit the guys. Uh, of the 15 crew after punting them going into turn number one and wrecking not only the 15 car, but also the five car of Kyle Larson got caught up in that as well. And uh, <laughs> they were speculating, Rich, that you can only say I'm sorry so many times before people quit believing you. So uh, Ross Chastain may have one coming. David Gravel earned his 80th career win with the World of Outlaws Friday night at Tri-City Speedway. Not our Tri-City, but of course the one over in Illinois. And then how about Brady Bacon on night number two grabs his first career win with the World of Outlaws on Saturday. Mars Championship Racing Series kicked off their season over the weekend with uh, races Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a big triple header weekend. Tyler Erb got the win to kick things off at the Brownstown Bull Ring. Then it was Shannon Babb at Falls on Saturday picking up the win. And Sunday, it was Brandon Shepard who went to the victory lane at Red Hill Speedway. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser, Rich France. Shannon Babb. <laughs> You can only say it so many times uh, before I, <laughs> I had enough. I get it. Hey. We've all been there. You got to fill, right? You got to yeah. fill the time. Give it up for Shannon Babb. Uh, it's like, okay, we get it. Shannon Babb uh, won the race. We know. <laughs> you know, I'll, t I'll tell you what, Zach. We got to give a shout out, though, uh, before we move on with the show. Uh, Logan Nickerson went down there yes. for the, tri the triple this weekend. Uh, didn't make the show on, on the first night. Uh, but man, the last two nights, I think he finished 10th at falls and, uh, and then at Red Hill, uh, had a little rougher time. He had a nice qualifying effort, but.
But man, you talk about different racetracks, that black dirt going to that red dirt. Yeah. Big difference. And a bull ring to a little bit bigger of a racetrack as well. So, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely a big difference. And I was really impressed. Logan looked really good in qualifying at Falls. after Even after spinning out on lap one, I thought that car looked way too loose. And he got it figured out, put it right on the bottom of the tractor tires, and uh, did, a, did a really nice job. So uh, good job to him for sure. And uh, it, was, it was impressive to see what they were able to do over the weekend. And it, it sounded like, listening to Mike in the tower, that maybe they are committed to the, to the Mars season this year. I don't know if that for sure. We'll have to get with Logan and see what their plan is. But uh, the indication from Mike Harris was for sure that it sounded like Logan might be running the whole series. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it it could, it could be, but that that's uh maybe they changed their mind and they you know I wonder if there's any conflicts with the you know All Star Performance Challenge Series, but uh, you know those those Mars events are five thousand a win. You know we we catch up to Logan pretty soon here. Yeah, maybe we'll have to go up and ask him. That's for sure. How about the bombshell news that dropped last week, Rich? And I call it bombshell because I think it's the first time any, anybody in our area since the McCreary Tire days has really challenged the corporate dollar and the corporate stranglehold that everybody has uh, has uh, incurred with Hoosier Racing Tire. And, of course, I'm talking about Galesburg Speedway. Yeah, Zach, you know, they. I, this is one thing I don't know about because I don't want to talk like I know about Cobra tires, right? But – so you have to go back and think, okay, first of all, why would you make this change? Well, there's only two reasons, cost per tire and availability. Um, now, maybe there isn't a, lot, a huge cost difference, but I got to believe that there's more Cobra tires sitting around in a warehouse than there are Hoosier racing tires ready to go. And if you're thinking about this and you're hearing so Galesburg Speedway announced last week that they are severing ties with Hoosier racing tire and going to uh cobra racing tire now some people may recognize cobra as a brand of go-kart tire very common on the go-kart scene whether indoors or at the smaller you know dirt race tracks but they do make big race car tires as well and uh, officials with galesburg speedway says that they went and watched some tests down at kingsport speedway in kingsport tennessee to observe the performance of cobra racing tire and uh, that they were happy with what they saw the uh the uh, the premise is that these Cobra racing tires should last about three times as long as a Hoosier racing tire. So they expect to be able to get about 300 uh, racing laps out of a set of Cobra racing tires. Now, what does this sound like to you, Rich France? Hoosier racing tire versus American racer tires. This is the exact argument that we've had on the dirt for several years. Yeah, I think it, I think it really depends. I think it has a lot to do with the racetrack. That's going to that's gonna depend on how long your tires last. If you have a smooth track, then the tires are going to last longer. If you have a track that's kind of graded and old, well, of course, that's going to eat any tire up. Yeah. So, you know, you just kind of have to – so you have to take that with a grain of salt of what you're watching um, on another racetrack and check out the surface and see if it compares to yours. But, but that's really what is going to decide on how long those tires last. Now, Galesburg Speedway did have a test in tune over the weekend after uh, all the races got postponed. They were able to sneak in a test in tune, and we do understand that there were a lot of street stock and late model uh, cars or template cars on the property testing these Cobra tires. And while we don't have any firsthand reviews, what we understand from social media is that the initial response – seems to be fairly positive. 
Yeah, and, and the only other thing I would have is how many guys, you know, that want to race multiple tracks are going to buy a whole other set of tires. Right. Um, that where normally they could bring tires and run from other tracks they run at, I, a.k.a. Hoosier tires. Um, so we'll have to see how that works out. Obviously, it means everybody's got to buy tires if you're going to come there. And, uh, boy, they have a big race coming up this week as well. Yeah, so I think that'll be the first true test. And uh, more information on these Cobra tires is available. They're available to purchase. You can contract contact the track for more information on that. And um, that's going to be the new the new racing tire at Galesburg Speedway this year. And i got to tell you, Rich, I'm intrigued, and um, I hope it goes well. I like options. I, I do. It's funny because I talk about on the dirt side, I wish that everybody would run the same tire. But I don't necessarily mean that I wish everybody would run Hoosiers. I just wish that everybody could run the same tire and go to every racetrack whenever they wanted. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Zach, I want you to talk talk to me about this. GLSS made a long trip. Yeah, they did. And I and I, and I think probably the longest the longest trip in in their history as up till today um, when when they took off this weekend and. Man, our buddy Mad Max found victory lane down <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, he did. You believe it? Yeah, actually, it was a great weekend for all of the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series drivers when they went down to I-75 Speedway in Nyota, Tennessee. This was a co-sanctioned event between the Great Lakes Super Sprints and the USCS Sprints. Um, so it was kind of a mixed format. Great Lakes Super Sprints goes off a of qualifying. USCS goes off of passing points. And so they kind of blended the two. They let the passing points do the talking and uh, kind of set the feature lineup. And, and drivers got tour points for who showed up. And Great Lakes Super Sprint Series drivers had a great showing on Friday night, the first night of the weekend. 25 laps was the distance. It would be Gavin Buscelli who would go to victory lane from his sixth starting spot. The Mooresville, North Carolina driver uh, put his number 21 in victory lane. But after Bocelli, listen to these names. Zane DeVault in second, Chase Dunham in third, Brad Lamberson fourth, Dustin Daggett fifth, Phil Grassman sixth, Max Stambaugh seventh. Then finally we get somebody else with the USCS, Jeff Willingham in eighth, uh, Morgan Turpin Havenier in ninth, and Terry Gray rounded out the top ten. Those, of course, some regulars with the USCS who rounded out the top ten, and then a smattering of other GLSS drivers on Friday night. Fast forward to Saturday. It was all Max Stambaugh. Started from the outside of row number two, jumped out to the lead, and never looked back. Hold it off, uh, held off rather, Bocelli, who came home in second. Terry Gray in the third spot. Morgan Turpin Havenier in fourth. Then we get to some of our regulars. Phil Gressman in fifth. Tyler Rank in sixth. Luke Griffith in seventh. Brad Lamberson eighth. Jared Horseman ninth. After getting injured on Friday night, got shocked by his MSD box. Uh, sent a charge all the way up his left arm. He ended up getting checked out by paramedics and was released. Comes back uh, to finish ninth on Saturday. And Chase Dunham in tenth. But the driver I want to talk about, hashtag it, Home Pro Hammer of the Month nominee, Brad Lamberson. This cat was on fire this weekend. He went from 19th to 4th on Friday night, and then, Rich, on Saturday from 15th to 8th. And uh, a good showing for Brad Lamberson for his first time ever seeing I-75. Yeah, so it, one of two things happened. <laughs> Either he just flat-out qualified terrible, or, uh, or, or he really got to a liking of I-75 Speedway <laughs> down in Tennessee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but whatever it was, glad he figured it out for the feature because uh, that that's pretty impressive, a first-time trip trip to a new track. Of course, the win makes uh, Max Stambaugh a home pro hammer of the month nominee, and 
I think there's another driver who we might have to keep an eye on, Rich, as a Home Pro Hammer of the Month nominee, and he comes from right here in the state of Michigan. Absolutely, Zach. The Darren Nida uh, made his first career World of Outlaws start uh, this weekend, and uh, did it the hard way. He still still made the feature, had to work his way through the B main, but uh, went from 22nd to 16th. Not bad for his first ever World of Outlaws start. Yeah, that's it. that was his first time ever qualifying for the World of Outlaws, and that backs up his first time earlier this month when he qualified for the All-Star Circuit of Champions at uh, Attica Raceway Park. So um, keep an eye on the seven, and all of a sudden, Darren Nida really kind of coming into his own right now, and that's, that's what this Home Pro Hammer thing is all about, watching these guys and these gals who are figuring it out consistently, making the show, passing cars, having good, strong finishes. And um, how about I, I appreciate that for Darren Knight. That was pretty cool to see him accomplish that. I got a chance to go racing. Can you believe this? <laughs> I managed to go racing this weekend, and uh, it was no small feat, Rich. I think this was the only track in the state that did any sort of roundy round activity this weekend, and that, of course, Winston Speedway. Yeah, you know, I, I called you out, and I said, you know, Number one, I, I had a six and a half hour round trip drive. So that was that was the worst thing about it. The second thing was I didn't believe at all that it wasn't going to rain there. Yeah. Everything that I saw. And I kept walked, watching all afternoon, and it kept getting closer and closer and closer. And then, lo and behold, it starts raining where you guys are at. I was watching. I was looking at the hourly all day long, and the worst percentage was at fifteen percent at like three o'clock. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be great. We're this is perfect. We're going. And we drove out of the rain, uh, out of Grand Rapids. We drove out of the rain, and it was great, and it was fantastic. You know, kind of mostly cloudy skies, warm, felt good. And they opened the pit gates, Rich, and wouldn't you know, it started spitting, and it got dark to the west or to the east, rather. And uh, we kind of everybody, all of a sudden, it goes from you know an electric pit area to where everybody's excited to everybody's got their phones out and everybody's looking and zooming and refreshing. And it was close, wasn't it? Man, we got sprinkled on pretty good for about thirty minutes. And uh, you know, Daryl Waltrip's vortex theory, I think, has a lot to do with it because we kept unloading race cars and firing them up, and we got hot laps going and. Um, we had a great night at Winston Speedway for the first race of the season under the uh, new direction of Scott and Pam Phillips Motorsports, and it was a lot of fun, Rich. Super late models on the property. Of course, Hoosier Racing Tires versus American Racer Tires for the first month because they get a month burn-off before they go back to American Racers. So some of the guys had their Hoosiers mounted up. Some of the guys had their American Racers mounted up, and uh, they put on a good show. $1,000 to win street stocks, IMCA Modifieds on the property as well, and it was just an overall good show. 18 super late models on the property, some uh, 24 street stocks, some 23 Modifieds, and at the end of it all, in the super late model division, I think we got to put Anklam Racing and our buddy Travis Stemmler back on the ones-to-watch list. He picked up a few wins last year, Rich, but... I think, admittedly, not the season that, that Stemler and Inkelm Racing expected after having such a good 2021. They kind of went a little quiet on us in 2022. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Travis is used to park, parking that thing in Victory Lane, you know, every weekend, if not every other weekend throughout throughout the summer. And and I think, um, you know, last year was a little difficult for him. I, I think he would be the first one to tell you that, that, uh, that they didn't, that they weren't able to perform the way they're used to performing. Yeah. And so, to, to come out of the gate here this year, 
uh, and bag one, you know, e even after going down to Eldora and, and, and that's a crap shoot when you go down there anyway with those guys, yeah. right? Um, after coming back and back home and, and pick up your first race, I think that's huge for that race team. Brandon Thurlby with DFB Racing, his first full weekend uh, behind the wheel of that, number 69 for the new team, set fast time earlier in the night. And then uh, Stamler kind of stunk things up, so the battle was behind him, and it was the Thurlby and Spangler show. Michigan fans love it when those two drivers get around each other because there's no love lost there, and they race each other hard. And that's exactly what we saw at Winston Speedway on Friday night. A couple of door slams, couple, a couple of how's my right rear fender taste, and uh, in the end, it was Brandon Thurlby who ended up in the second spot. Spangler settled for third. Jeff Rhea, how about this cat? Making his super late model debut, coming out of the IMCA Modifieds, was the hard charger going from 16th to 6th on Friday night. And a pretty good run for him. IMCA Modified Time. Three attempts to get the race started. The field was finally put in timeout and uh, had to do single file restarts for the remainder of the night. Once the field got moving, Brenton DeYoung proved that he was going to be the one to beat, jumping out to the lead on the opening lap. It wasn't long, though, before Mitchell Hunt began challenging for the top spot from sixth. DeYoung held on for the win over Hunt. Austin Wanch, big mover, 13th to third. Blake Edmonds from 14th to finish fifth. And Chad May, tough night for Chad May, but he hangs on, going from 23rd to 8th. And then, Rich, I'm going to tell you right now, it's early, but I'm going to say put this in the race of the year category uh, for Michigan at least. The street stock race for $1,000 to win was lights out. A fantastic battle for the top spot. Robbie Sternberg grabbed the lead right away and looked to be on a fast track to an easy win until Bill Brandt Jr. threw his name into the contender's hat as Brandt was running down Sternberg. Mike Lynn's number 96 came to life, running down both drivers and then coming off of turn number four, it appeared that Lynn and Brandt made contact, ultimately resulting in Brandt spinning going into turn number one, nearly flipping that car as the tire went down. He stood up on the side and hung there for what felt like five minutes before it finally dropped back down on all fours. Final restart, 10 laps to go. Lynn, a chance to get Sternberg figured out, and that's exactly what he did. Looked at him high, looked at him high, looked at him high, finally went low and completed the pass. And Lynn went on to grab the win ahead of Sternberg. Mike Vandermark Jr. finished in third, Roger Brooks fourth, and Travis Haynes rounded out the top five. Man, I got to thank you guys. Uh, man, you, I, I did tune in. If anybody didn't know, uh, HPH Network debuted at Winston. And, uh, man, it was great uh, on, on Friday night. And I want to thank I want to thank Roger Williams for filling in for me. I just couldn't do that. I mean, I I had to be at Flat Rock, which is about as far away as you can get from Winston Speedway. <laughs> I, I had to be there on Saturday morning, and I figured it wouldn't be a real great day if I rolled in at like 5 a.m. from Winston. Yeah, you know? and that's exactly what would have happened too. They had a late night there, getting things going. Uh, we left the property at two. So uh, you you would have been a five thirty arrival Five. at the house. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying Rich finally made the right decision. You may have right? made the right call there, but uh, yeah. To echo your point, uh, obviously this is this is something you and I have wanted to do for a long time with the HPH Network. I called Roger last minute. And I said, "Dude, I need to get this test in. Can you jet over there from work?" And he said, uh, "I'll do it." And um, he was very gracious. He 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 uh, he was very. Uh, uh, very, very thoughtful and, and thankful on, on his social media of what we were doing. And um, so were a lot of people who, who managed to tune in and kind of caught word of what we were doing. And so um, we're kind of excited to continue 
testing this and seeing what we can do. Um, keep an eye on the page. We'll, we'll be doing some more tests before the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series opener uh, for the North on Friday, May 12th, which is when we'll really dive in to everything that we have planned for the uh, Horsepower Happenings Network. But I thought, what a great first opener. We had a great super late model race, a great IMCA modified race, and a great street stock race. Yeah, and I want to get into some with you too early, but I just, you know, I, I still got to cover for Gary a little bit. And we course. open up this week, so um, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit limited, but uh, you know, I, I guess I guess I could go drag Gary out and say, you know, hey, you're gonna have to announce. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how you feel. Here's a lawn uh, chair. Don't move. <laughs> yeah, don't move. Here's a microphone. Remember how to use it. See ya. Oh man. <laughs> Well, now, Rich, it's time to welcome in the guy who got the job done on Friday night. He makes his home in Crystal, Michigan, but on Friday night, his home was at the front of the IMCA Modified Field. Brenton DeYoung, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Let's talk about Friday, man. One for one on the season, and uh, Winston Speedway, it was, it was funny. I was telling Rich, uh, the only track in the state of Michigan that didn't have any sort of chance for rain, that was until they opened the gates and then it started raining and we all looked at each other and went, oh my God, are we going to be able to get this thing in? And uh, by the grace of God, we were able to do it. Racetrack had a lot of character in it, but uh, you end up down in victory lane, man. Take me through your Friday night. Yeah, we, we really didn't know if we were going to be able to race or not. It started to sprinkle and I mean, my crew guys were starting to get stuff around in case it was going to open up. But, uh, I mean, we, we unloaded and we really were off the ball in the heat race and really weren't where we wanted to be. So we came back and we spent the whole night working on that thing to change it around to I mean, get a chance at winning that thing. And then uh, the best opportunity for us was to be able to redraw the pole. And we just kind of drove away and won the race. So uh, this was a tough start for IMCA Modifieds at Winston Speedway. Three consecutive opening lap caution flags. Of course, one of those collects, uh, uh, I believe your dad, Myron DeYoung, um, gets caught up in that thing too. And this racetrack had so much character that it kind of played into taking care of your equipment. But first and foremost, I want to talk to you about the decision was made that you guys were going to do single file starts for the rest of the night. As a leader, as the leader of the pack, good, bad, or indifferent when that decision is made? I mean, I, I'm always happy with it because it gives me a little bit of a, uh, like, I mean, a little bit of room there to be able to work around the track and dodge some of the holes instead of having to worry about what the guy next to you is going to do when he hits a hole as well. <laughs> sure, sure. So does it change what you're doing behind the wheel when you hear that decision? Oh, most definitely. I mean, I, I was uh, I was definitely happy with the decision just because I was on the pole, but if I would have been farther, farther back, I uh, might not like it as much. Yeah. It might have been harder to have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Brenton, that's that's the equivalent of Zach putting his daughter in timeout, isn't it, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the field, not for Brenton DeYoung, though. I mean, uh, you've been in that situation, though, Brenton, um, when, when a couple of guys at the back, and, and these are good race car drivers. This was a tough racetrack. Um, you know, I, I think about Dale Cake. He spun on the front stretch, and that was the final straw. And, you know, he just hit a bump wrong coming out of four and lost the car. Um, these are good race car drivers. Sometimes that happens. You obviously weren't feeling this, but you've been in this situation before. How frustrating is it for those guys uh, in the back of the pack or mid-pack or maybe even, you know, third and fourth who don't get a chance to line up double file when, when that decision is made to go single file? Yeah, it's, it's definitely frustrating, and, uh, the deal with the wreck, I hate to see that happen to any race car driver, no matter what. 
I don't like to see people's stuff get tore up, let alone, I mean, mine didn't, but I mean, I still didn't like to see theirs. Yeah, and uh, talk about that racetrack. Uh, soft April racetrack, a lot of rain throughout the you know month, and um, you know I was kind of talking to some guys. It sounded like almost that was that was kind of the racetrack everybody expected to see when when you guys rolled out there. Yeah, we we knew it was going to be rough and choppy, but we were kind of hoping for the better. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, in the end, we're there to race, so we'll just adapt to the. Uh, race where we're dealt. Brenton, talk about uh, let, let's continue talking about Winston because I think it's pretty cool and it, it, it ended up turning out that way. A month ago, you didn't know if you were going to either even set foot on that property in 2023. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing that uh, we have another racetrack to race at. It, it's sad a lot of racetracks are closing around here and I don't like seeing that. It gives us a better opportunity to race at more tracks if one cancels or for any reason like that really imca is really starting to become um the modified king i guess in our state because we only got we only have a couple tracks left that run under the ump banner yeah and i i never really got into ump much when i, I think it was starting to fade out when i was starting to get into a modified but it, i mean the rule package and everything you got going on, it seems like it's, I mean, it's a pretty fair deal, really. I like it, at least. Does that make Does that make you every week, um, you know, kind of take a look at the schedule? Because you have so many options you can run in the state of Michigan. Yeah, we, my uh, wife, Brianna, she actually made a, a yearly planner and wrote out every single racetrack that's racing for the whole year <laughs> in Michigan and a few out of the state. <laughs> what does that look like? I mean, what is your... When you come to the weekend, when you come to Wednesday or Thursday, and you go, okay, we got to get this car ready for wherever we're going. What are you analyzing? What are you thinking about? Uh, you know, I, I assume that the flavor of the hamburger at the concession stand probably doesn't play into it, but maybe track prep, dollar amounts, who else is going to show up? What do you guys look at when you decide where you're going to go for the weekend? I mean, we always look at how good the food is where we're going. <laughs> 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 How about how about anything else? What else what else is on your guys' radar? Honestly, we like this year it's just kind of a toss up. We're I mean, we're leading the points at Winston now, but with Tri City having a thousand win on Friday, we might just try to travel and chase the money. I mean, I like doing that more. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's been your MO. Last year it looked like uh you weren't necessarily tied down to any one racetrack uh when you when you decided to load that machine up last year. Thirty eight events. 30 top 10 finishes this according to my race pass 20 top fives a couple of wins as well and racetracks from crystal i-96 winston thunderbird tri-city even a stop at Merritt speedway last season as well um obviously crystal's right in your backyard another track with new owners that we'll get to talk to you about that in just a minute but um you like you guys aren't scared to go kind of run around a little bit and see what's going on no it just I feel like it'll make me faster as a driver as I can uh, learn to adapt to different track services. And of those racetracks, too, and we just talked, uh, well, actually, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more later on in the show. Uh, Of those track surfaces, there's some similarities, I guess. Uh, You know, I think about Crystal, Tri-City, kind of high-banked racetracks that get slick, but Crystal's a little narrower than Tri-City. It can get kind of widened out. Thunderbird is its own unique animal. I don't think anything touches Thunderbird with what they've got going on. I-96, of course, is big and, and, and fast. 
merit, kind of a bullring thing. Uh, do, do you have one of those racetracks that you find more challenging? Obviously, Winston is, is heavy and can be rough on, on nights. Uh, do you have one of those that you find kind of challenges your, your talent level more than the other? Well, honestly, Winston is uh, Winston's probably the most difficult track for me to race on. I've always struggled there the last few years, and this is—I mean, this is the best run I've ever had there. I've never won there before until now. <laughs> Says the guy who led flag to flag on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and I go—I want to go back to that too because your Friday night, you did lead flag to flag, but man, oh man, you had some challenges. Um, throughout that race as well, uh, early on you uh, you had to fend off uh, some challenges from uh, from the outside pole sitter, really the guy who kind of started right alongside you. That, of course, uh, being Ronnie Vanader, he challenged you early. He ran into some problems, but then uh, the former IMCA modified state of Michigan champion Mitchell Hunt, man, he gave you a run for your money down the stretch. Yeah, mostly I was trying to figure out where the best point was to dodge the holes and then i did see mitchell stick his nose there and i just i just kind of gave up on that i just had to elbows up a little bit <laughs> right and i gotta ask you I, I was i was looking through just some information trying uh before this interview and i have to ask you you pick up a win last year and the last year at the great lakes nationals uh at crystal and then a week later you're sitting in a late model you got that in your future? I, I I don't know. It's it's hard to say right now. It's just hopefully it'll be something out there in the future. But it's got to kind of ride the wave as you go, I guess. Talk about how that came around. What came about with you and the Wing family? You jumping in that car for corn harvest? I've always uh, talked to Roger and actually asked him a bunch of help with the car and stuff. So that's it's always been a good thing. And we were at. Uh, the corn harvest and he asked me if i had my gear and, uh, i told him i didn't have it he said go get it I, I, <laughs> I went home and got it and first time ever sitting in a late model we made the show right out of the heat race wow and, and what was that like we talked we've talked with some guys who've done both i think uh, naturally right away i think of travis stemler uh you know he kind of progressed out of running ump modifieds and now of course has made a name for himself in late models jacob pool has kind of done that from ump to imca to now he's kind of dabbling in late models were you uh were there any kind of curveballs or surprises or anything like that when you jump behind the wheel oh man uh the biggest thing was the body i never really realized how big those things are until you sit in the seat because of how wide they are yeah it felt like a boat compared to, <laughs> compared to my modified <laughs> now how was the racing did you uh did you utilize the fact that you had the wheels covered you lean on anybody like that we had a good i think we uh started 12th and ended up six so we had a decent run i believe um it it just it's a lot different than the modified really how you got to drive it. it's not a ton but kind of got to be a little more aggressive with the wheat with the uh, tires they're a little more forgiving all right i'm going to ask the question uh because we've we've dealt with this for the last couple of years that last name of yours de young uh, between you and Myron, that's kind of the the primary, and, and and I think that Myron is your dad. Is that right? Yes, correct. All right. So talk to me about the DeYoung name and auto racing. Kind of give us a little background on it and uh, who all's still involved, and uh, then even how you kind of get in, involved in it. Well, my dad's really raced. Uh, I mean, all around the country. When I was a kid, I grew up watching him, and that's. He's kind of been my idol my whole life, and that's what I've always wanted to be is 
how he used to be. I mean, when they showed up, they knew that it was Myron Young was there. And, I mean, they're basically running for second most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when do you get involved? I started racing in 2011. Okay. We 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 got a rear-wheel drive four-cylinder, and we went to uh, Halo or mid-Michigan, and I won the first ever race we ran there. That's encouraging. How did your progression lead you to uh, IMCA Modifieds? Uh, we, we won a, a, a street stock championship at Crystal, and there was a it was just a modified we got from Andrew James, actually, and uh, we just started. I got in, and I won two nights in a row my rookie year, so we just kind of kept on rolling with it. <laughs> Brett, we talk, we talk to a lot of guys, especially some of the late model guys, when they decide to go out of town, hit the road. Uh, and most of them say it, it makes you better when you can go on the road and have your tail handed to you, which is what most of, most of them tell us. Uh, do you look at that the same way, or are you going on the road and expecting wherever you're going to win? I mean, we always hope to win, but, <laughs> I mean, honestly, just going out there and running against some of the the better competition, that's the thing that's going to make you the best, really. I, I mean, running – you can run around here and still be – I mean, you're good here, but out there, that's it, a different ball game. <laughs> Those guys are serious. Well, and, and we talk about out there. Uh, IMCA Modified Racing, of course, Iowa's the big place to go. Uh, everybody knows about uh, the big races out there, and, of course – Fast shaft qualifiers are a big deal here in the state of Michigan. We got a couple of those lined up. Um, is the goal? I mean, do you guys start the season trying to set yourself up for the best position you can to go out to Iowa? Is that what you're thinking, or uh, is that not even part of the conversation? Unless you look at the results and go, "Okay, we could probably fare pretty good out there." Oh, uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this whole year goes. Right now, I mean, we're we're rolling and we're going to try to keep the momentum going, but. I, I believe that Great Lakes race that we won, that should have put me on the ballot for the uh, all-star race out there as well. All right. Yeah, he says we're rolling one for one. That is rolling. <laughs> You're batting a 1,000, my friend. That is pretty good odds right now. Um, Rich kind of alluded to it. You said something about it. Uh, you know, $1,000 to win at Tri-City has got your attention. and But also, Rich mentioned Winston Speedway and new owners. How about this place in your backyard with Crystal and the uh, LeBaron family and uh, all the things that are going on there, kind of give us your thoughts and, and have you had a chance to see the place yet? Yeah, we were there um, the last weekend that they canceled because of the rain, not last weekend, two weeks ago actually. And the facility looks nice. I mean, they put up a new um, pit pass place. It's just, I see a lot of potential with those guys. I think they're going to they're gonna make it nice. Well, uh, Brenton, this has been pretty fun to catch up with you and uh, kind of hear what you got going on. And sounds like uh, we don't really know where we could see you this year, kind of bouncing all over the place, chasing the chasing the money. One thing we would like to do is you didn't get a chance to have a Victory Lane interview on Friday, and we didn't get a chance to talk to you about it either. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to let us know who it is that makes it possible for you to, for you to do what you do each and every week. Oh yeah, I could never. I mean, I I can't do this without all the all the people that back me. It's it's amazing that we actually had so many friends and family that help us. But I mean, McKenzie Companies they they help us out a ton, and Amsoil Oils by Turner Motorsports they just supply all of our oil for the year and make sure that we have everything to race. 
uh, Tyson's Construction, McLaren Renovations, Johnny Wads Rod Shop, The Corner Market, Waldron Acres, Prime FX, um, Brin Transmission, Stan Auto Glass, Dirt Star Pull Bars, Whip Springs, um, Seavers Motorsports, as well as Harris Race Cars for building the you know, really fast race car. This thing's been a rocket lately. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, uh, the Melvin Allen and the family and my mom, my dad, my uncle Dave, uh, my, I mean, my crew guys, Aaron and Justin, those guys, I mean, they worked their tail off on Friday. I got to give it to them on that. They, we, we definitely worked for that win. <laughs> well, Brenton, man, uh, congratulations. It was fun to watch and uh, it was fun to take it in and, um, also fun to have a chance to work with Roger and put it out on the HBH network as our first broadcast. So it was pretty cool to do that with, uh, with you at the point of that as well. So I tell you what, good luck this weekend, wherever you uh, end up and uh, hopefully we see you at a racetrack again soon. Oh, thank you. It'd be awesome. <laughs> well, appreciate Brenton making time to uh, chat with us tonight and uh, rich early before the interview, you mentioned Gary Lindahl. Um, speaking of filling in for Gary, it's a little delayed because some of us kind of forgot that it was our job to get this completed this last two weeks ago. But uh, you and I took a stab at the Did You Know program while Gary was on injured reserve. Boy, boy, that show, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was fun. I, We're just going to leave that to Gary. That's from right. Now on, that's okay? right. Yes. Uh, it was fun to do. You and I took a stab. We each did two questions to fill the uh, the four-question gap that we had prepared. And I tell you what, some people took a swing, and some of them hit a bomb over the fence, Rich. So let's go over it. Uh, well, for, first, yeah. first, I know one. I hope, I hope there's not more because I don't know the other person. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think we're just one. So here we go. Um, first two questions were created by yours truly, and this first one, of course, is close to my, ho- uh, close to my heart and my home. Butler Motor Speedway experimented with running on a what I called non-traditional night, and I asked the question, what season and what night did they switch to, Rich France? And only A.J. Bunch got the two-part answer correct. It was a Friday night track for one season in 2006 when Ralph Warning was operating both Butler and Galesburg Speedway simultaneously. So why was it called a non-traditional night? Because before then and ever since then, Butler Motor Speedway has been a Saturday night racetrack, and that's all it's been known for. And my friend Greg actually got half of it right. He just said Friday night, and I said, "Well, you, we'll give him fifty percent credit That's right. for that one. He did. He didn't get the year, but uh, yeah. Keep an eye on this pattern as we go through these next questions. That's right. You? All right. The second question again from yours truly. This driver recently broke a drought of Michigan-born drivers winning on the Summer Nationals Hell Tour. Rich France, and if you know anything about dirt racing, you know Summer Nationals Hell Tour is, of course, the late model dirt car UMP tour. And it was just a couple of short years ago when Dona Marcoulier snapped the ten race losing or ten race uh, ten year rather winless streak for Michigan drivers. It had been ten years since a driver from Michigan had went to Victory Lane with the Dirt Car Summer National Hells Tour. Of course, it took place at Tri City Motor Speedway in 2021, and a couple of guys got this one right. Yeah, I, and I was there that night, so it would it would have been pretty bad if I'd have forgot it. Yeah, uh, but Kyle, Jay, Brad, and uh, AJ, once again, um, <laughs> there's a pattern growing here. That's right. Uh, they all they all got this one right. Uh, probably not the hardest question of the four. I was surprised actually at uh, how many people had guessed uh, a different drive. Brandon Thurlby was a popular guess. 
for this yeah. question as well. So, um, and then the last two questions, of course, uh, came from you. Okay, my I had question number three, and uh, it was this: Michigan Hot Shoe was the only driver to win the Glass City Two Hundred three consecutive times, and we had I, apparently I'm not very good at it either because uh, five six people answered this one correctly. <laughs> so we had Greg, Jay, Brad, Rand, Vince. And AJ. And AJ. <laughs> answered that question. Now we got to go to question uh, number By the four. way, Steve Suave, right? Uh, was, Sobe. Was the, uh, Steve okay, Sobe. Sobe. So I would not have got that correct. Uh, I know you'd have got the Dona Marcullier question. Would you have got the Butler question? We didn't talk uh, about that. No, but that Butler would have been a pure guess for me. Okay. I would have I would have guessed because they race on Saturdays, I would have probably guessed Friday or Sunday. Yeah. Just, I mean, just, uh, but I would have never got the year. I that would have just been... Pure guess. All right. The last question. You uh, you went a little personal on this one, trying to stump everybody. Let's hear that last question. Okay. Uh, yours truly began his racing career at this Ohio pavement bullring that no longer exists. So we had a couple guesses. Mansfield, Columbus, and those were incorrect. Um <laughs> Thank you, AJ. Appreciate it. <laughs> AJ got it right. Cloverleaf Speedway, which no longer exists. That's right. And uh, so AJ gets a horsepower happenings prize pack. That's right. Second one since we've been doing these quizzes. Only the second prize pack ever won. That's pretty good. But look who was doing the questions. Right? Yeah, what do you expect? And AJ actually messaged me today. He goes, hey, do I need to submit my answers again? Because uh, I already turned them in. I said, no. We got him. Don't worry. <laughs> he was he was pretty confident then because we didn't tell him that he I, I I didn't text him and tell him that he won. No, he heard us last week talk about how one person we thought had got him all right. So uh, we did talk about that last week. So um, and then did you see Brad Bergevin was giving you a hard time today on social media? I thought that's Gary's deal with the, with the <laughs> horse and chariots. <laughs> Uh, remind, remind me remind me to start making questions up just to just to burn brad well uh, after that comment it was <laughs> it was fun to do that this time around but we're uh, hopefully gary can come back and be a part of that in may because we're just two regular old chumps when it comes to putting did you know questions yeah together. and brad just in case you're wondering i was nowhere near old enough to be have a horse in the way uh <laughs> why i'm sitting in a chariot all right so there you go. All right. Um, I got to say, hey, by the way, speaking of uh, things going on in the month of May, want to welcome Northside Towing of St. John's on board as the studio sponsor for the next quarter of uh, Horsepower Happenings. That, of course, is Chad Finley's new venture, Northside Towing of St. John's, the only heavy-duty towing uh, service in St. John's. They are still working on getting their doors open. Talked to Chad a little bit over the weekend. He said, man, we are pushing Final stretch. We're going to try to be ready to go by Monday. Um, light, medium-duty, and heavy-duty towing company. Uh, they also offer jump starts, tire changes, unlocks, all that sort of stuff. They're looking forward to their grand opening coming up on Monday, May 8th. If you need more information or you need to get in touch here in the St. John's area and something goes awry, 989-224-9200. Well, Zach, on the phone lines now, we talked to this gentleman a few weeks ago. Uh, and then we brought earlier in the month of April, we announced the Home Pro Hammer of the Month, uh, uh, brought to us by Home Pro Roofing. And uh, we had a vote last week, and we now have a winner. And he joins us uh, back on the pro program again and makes his home in Bellevue, Ohio. Cap Henry, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. 
Hey, thanks for having me on again, guys. Man, congratulations. A $200 gift card. Uh, compliments of Home Pro Roofing. Uh, when we told you about it, you said, man, that sounds pretty cool, and you went out and did it. Uh, you get Fans really supported you in this. Yeah, I'm really grateful that I've got just a really good group of fans, and, you know, it just goes a long way. Um, you know, the fans – the fans are what we do this for. So to have everybody support me and, um, you know, support the team and, um, you know, Shannon doing that gift card. That was really cool. I actually texted Shannon earlier today and, you know, told him, thank you. Um, you know, and the team's grateful, you know, it'll go to, you know, helping us towards doing a little bit of traveling we feel like doing. So we appreciate it. We'll last talk to you after your podium finish at Atomic. Kind of take us through uh, what you've been doing outside of, you know, running around hiding from raindrops. Yeah, you know, we've gotten to, we got to run Atomic twice, and then we got to run the All-Star Weekend at Attica. Um, you know, and we've luckily we haven't finished outside the top 10 yet this year. Um, it's been good. Um, you know, we want to race a little bit more, kind of bummed out. You know, the stuff's been getting canceled the last couple of weeks, but, you know, such is life. That's what happens. And, um, you know, we're just looking forward to continuing to race. Um, it looks so far, everything looks good for this week, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Ohio Heating and Cooling, 410 Sprints at Atomic, second and fourth place finish there, and then a monster weekend, as you mentioned. Uh, Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions, uh, doubleheader weekend, seventh and a fifth place finish, and on two racetracks, I love this about dirt track racing, that uh, Attica Raceway Park, I mean, you unload there two nights in a row, and you're faced with completely different circumstances each night when you unload. Talk about uh, talk about that weekend, and I mean, just how really how tough it is for a, a, a team. Uh, you know, I'm going to call it a smaller team, especially when you're racing with with the All Stars, to pull off a seventh and a fifth place finish in two nights with that group. Yeah, you know, the first night actually probably went our way a little bit more. Um, you know, we qualified good in our group um which put us off the pole of our heat race um we didn't win our heat but we were we ended up being the quickest car that transferred out of our heat so that put us in the dash um you know starting inside the top 10 always makes your night easier so it should have been a pretty easy night and uh, unfortunately we got a flat tire on the opening lap of the a so we had to go to the tail and um, still came back to run seventh from uh, wow. the tail um you know so that was good you know that kind of you know it just showed that you know, everybody's been working really hard on the team. And those then, are the um, things that you Saturday, don't. Those are the things that aren't told on my race pass or the results when you go back and look. Because if you just look at the results, you see Cap Henry started sixth, wheeled it all the way back to seventh. But what you don't understand is that you really did have to wheel it all the way back up there to seventh. Uh, you're probably the hard charger, and you don't even get credit for it. Yeah, correct. We actually went twenty fifth to seventh, but wow. on the, you know, on the paperwork it shows you know sixth to seventh. So uh, we joked about that at the shop that you know. On paper, that was a lot of work to go negative one. Um, and then, you know, Saturday, um, you know, we kind of missed it a little bit in time trials. We just weren't good enough. Um, started at the back of our heat race, started eighth, and run the thing all the way up to second, putting us, you know, going from not, you know, being outside the invert. To, uh, we started inside the top ten and, you know, salvaged a good night out of what started off as a bad night. And, you know, again, just shows that, you know, everybody on the team was doing their job and, you know, gave me a good car for when it counted, and, you know, we made the best of a bad situation. How much is your uh, history with Attica, <clears throat> excuse me, how much does your history with Attica play into how well you're able to do? Obviously, the All-Stars bring out the best. There's no no slouches. People will say, well, they've only got six or four or whatever it is, uh, you know, full-time guys this year. But um, 
that doesn't that doesn't speak to the quality of drivers that it does bring out week in and week out. Does your history with Attica help you in these situations? Um, I always think it does. I've just raced there so much that I've got a pretty good feel for the track and you know know pretty well how to race there. Um, you know, the the last time we were there, it raced a lot different than it has in the past. So that was kind of through. I think threw everybody a little bit for a, a loop there and. You know, like I know Friday night when we come from the back to run back up to the towards the, you know, just outside the top five, I actually, you know, ran a really unique line just kind of running it through the middle of the racetrack all the way around. So, you know, things always change, but it does help having just that experience. And um, if nothing else, it definitely helps early in the night, time trials, heat races, just, you know, knowing ideally where you need to be on the racetrack to make it happen. And, you know, it, it definitely gives us a little bit of advantage in those places. Camp, I watched the second night at Attica um, with the Circuit of Champions. Now, you you went 25th to 7th, but and, j- and just kind of explain to race fans, you know, Brent Marks went 20th to 1st and ended up in victory lane. That does not happen every night there at Attica Raceway Park. No, it's really hard to come from the back and run up front. Um, I actually told somebody uh, when – because I knew I started, you know, inside the top 10, and Brent passed me within the first uh, – it was – four or five laps when he went by me i was like he had to jump the start i go there's no way he passed that many cars in five laps i was like it's not possible um and you know and he was i he was just obviously he was just that good and um not taking anything from brent he is a super talented race car driver um and they've got that that program is really really good as it obviously shows um you know so to see brent do that in a track that you know brent doesn't come to attica a whole lot it was pretty impressive. I have a question for you. You know, it, w- when you watch it from TV, maybe you don't get the real thing. I don't think you do anytime you're, you're trying to watch something that's streaming. But was was that track on the second night as dusty as what it's seen? Because I don't know how anybody could have even seen where you were going. It was pretty dusty. Um, I, I really like Attica Raceway Park. Um, you know, hoping that, you know, Pork Chop and the guys there get a chance to work on it and get a little bit better, um, you know, Cause it, it's no good for the fans, you know, so it looks awesome on paper, you know, Brent goes 20th to first and it was hard for the fans to see it. So it's hard for the fans to enjoy it. You know, so I, I really do hope that they can uh, get that a little bit better for everybody. And that was, that kind of leads me to where I was going to go. Both of Rich's questions kind of were culminating to my question is I want to go back to Friday night. You roll out onto the racetrack and, and you feel it right. You got a soft rear tire and, and now it's like, Oh man, uh, you know, what is going to face you. How do you set yourself up? And, and and I think that sprint car drivers are, are similar enough that you can kind of take me through how Brent did it because you you did something very similar. How do you get yourself into that mindset of balancing aggression <laughs> versus knowing that you are in one of the most upside down race vehicles that ever see a cir- tr- circle track to be able to cut through the field in thirty five laps in in slick and dusty conditions and and be able to pull off what you did on Friday night and then what Brent did on Saturday. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is, is just trying to, you do have to balance being patient, um, and knowing when to go. Um, so it was actually pretty comical. So they get the left rear tire changed. Um, and right as I'm getting ready to go back out, the crew, Zach, my crew chief walks back over, um, sticks his head in the car and looks at me and just goes, don't be an idiot. Um, 
you know, and I took that as greatest advice ever hey. given to a race car driver, by the way, every single <laughs> yeah. one of us has been told that when we've been behind the wheel. Yeah. I took that as, Hey, the spare car is not built and we are supposed to race tomorrow. <laughs> so you decide how this goes. Um, but you know, it was just knowing that I could pick off a bunch of cars at the start and knowing at Attica, it's hard to pass. So just trying to go and go and go. Um, and you know, that's how I ended up finding the middle of the racetrack was I had been running around the bottom and everybody else was running there. So I moved out just trying to go somewhere. And then all of a sudden realized I'm like, well, this is actually pretty quick. Um, you know, and it just worked out that our car was good enough that we could do that. Um, you know, so I, I can't take all the credit as me being the driver. You know, it does come back to the crew gave me a car that was capable of doing that. Um, so it, it just, it worked out that our car was good enough that we could do that. You know, some nights you can, and other nights you go to the tail and you just accept the fact that you run 20th. You know, and I, I, I've called a lot of sprint car races from, from the booth. And when you get a racetrack like what you had at Attica, you can, it, it literally feels like cars are coming out of the corner going backwards if they don't have it hooked up. What is it like? Are you watching other cars from the driver's seat and seeing where they're having trouble getting the power down and also comparing that with what your car is capable of doing to try to figure out when you're going to make that move and get around someone? Yeah, that's one thing I've always done is you watch the guys, you look at the guys ahead of you, um, you pay attention to the guys that obviously, A, you're catching and seeing what they're doing to what you're doing differently, why you can catch them. Um, then you also have to watch the guys. So like when Brent went by me, you know, I, I mentally knew that he started really far back. So immediately it's what's Brent doing that I'm not, that he can do that. Now, unfortunately I couldn't manage to manipulate my car to do what he was doing. And that was something we talked about after the races with the crew chief was, you know, like, Hey, we need to, you know, Brent was doing such and such. I couldn't, we need to figure out kind of how to make the car be capable of doing that. So that's something you always do as you're racing, you know, you're analyzing what's going on, analyzing what you're doing, watching for guys that are maybe quicker than you. What are they doing? Watching for guys that you're faster than what are they, what are you, they doing that you're doing better? You, you know, just to try and try and manage your race as best as possible. Talking with Cap Henry, the Home Pro Hammer of the Month driver for the month of April, of course, brought to you by Home Pro Roofing with locations across Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. This is pretty cool. Home Pro Roofing, whether you're going to stay in your house for a long time or you want to put it on the market, you get peace of mind for 50 years. They offer a 50-year warranty on all roof repair services, ensuring that customers have a peace of mind and confidence in the longevity and durability of their roof. But if you're like, man, I'm going to get rid of my house here in five to ten years, Perfect. Not only does the new roof provide weather protection, it also provides curb appeal and adds value to a home and can prevent costly repairs in the future. So in a topsy-turvy market for homes, make sure that yours is at the top by getting a new roof put on the top from Home Pro Roofing locations in Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. You know, Cap, you, you talked about your crew telling you, you getting together with them and telling them where Brent went and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was watching him. He he passed 90% of his cars on the bottom. He would not get up off the bottom forever. I think he popped up a couple times to get around some slower traffic. But for the most part, he stayed committed. And even when a couple of the guys uh, that were running the high side would get away from him a little bit, he just stayed there and back they came to him. Yeah, they had a, he kind of had a unique line going there to where he could really just like get the thing stopped at the center and get it cut and turned. 
and then just square it back up on the exit and just take up and drive straight. And, you know, it worked. It, um, you know, it kind of reminded me of like old school Fremont where you're stopping and going and they just managed to make that work. And, you know, obviously he had passed so many cars at that point. He knew what he was doing worked and just had to stick with it. Um, and, you know, and it showed he, he won. I got to ask you, how frustrating is it when you're in that position? <laughs> you know, uh, Brent goes by you and he's obviously making up positions. You know where he starts. And now you start to kind of, and, and you and right, 21 other drivers are doing the same thing. Okay, if Brent can do it, surely I can do it. How frustrating is it when you're trying to do and trying to match what he's doing and it's not working for you? And then also knowing how many adjustments you can make in the car uh, with how much brake you use, how much throttle you use, wing position, wing pitch, all those things that really you don't get a a 100% read on when he goes around you or for the short period of time you can follow him. Is it hard to keep your emotions in check when something like that happens? Yeah, I mean, it's always frustrating um, just watching somebody that, you know, started really far back and then drive past you, and then you just watch them continue to get smaller and smaller as they drive away. Um, you know, so at that point, you know, as a race car driver, that's where you start trying to do things differently. And, you know, like you said, move the wing. You know, I I told those guys Saturday night, I was like, look, I tried doing everything I could. I tried, you know, jamming on the brakes, tried just kind of barely – riding the brake, tried not using any brake, you know, moving my entries out, moving my entries in, you know, you try and you try and do everything you can to just make a difference. And you know, unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't work. Well, and, and, you know, and with 35 laps, right, you can only experiment so much before you have to go back to what you know and now just make yeah. sure you don't lose any more positions. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to – you never want to, you know, just drop anchor and go to the back. Um, you know, so at some point it becomes – um, at some point you decide that you're not going to worry about going forward anymore and you're just going to try and minimize the losses. Um, you know, and I'm not, we weren't in that situation. We, you know, we still ran well, we For went sure. forward, yeah. um, but just not, not as forward as Brent did, unfortunately. Yeah. We talked, when we talked to you earlier in April, you said, uh, unfortunately we're not going to be able to follow, uh, the series all-star circuit of champion series. What do you, what are you guys planning now? Um, I, everything I see is maybe we're going to get a little bit of break in the weather and we should get some sunshine and maybe get some consistent weekends. What, what do you guys got planned coming up? Uh, let's just say the first half of May. Um, probably a lot of running Attica and Fremont. Um, we can plan on running the AFCS deal full time. Um, I assume that we'll probably run for Attica points. Um, but that could change depending on, you know, where we're at in points in the races that come up. Um, we've kind of just got some stuff tentatively on the schedule, but it kind of depend on, you know, just how things are going. If we're running real well, we'll probably travel a little bit more. Um, you know, if we're not real happy with our results, we'll probably stay closer to home, you know, so honestly, it, it'll just depend on what's going on. You know, and obviously we talked and, and you were, uh, excited about the opportunities with Jeff Ward Motorsports this year and bringing Zach Myers on as the crew chief. And, um, you know, that was that was four weeks ago. Now you guys have got three additional races under your belt since we last talked. Um, I, obviously, you haven't finished outside of the top ten yet. Are things clicking as well as you had hoped or better? Or, or what's, your, what's, your, what's your first month assessment of what you guys have been able to do, obviously knowing that you haven't been able to race as much together as you'd hoped you could? I would say right now um, we're probably a little bit above, you know, what I could have hoped for. Um, 
you know, just not finishing outside the top 10 in the first four races, this program's completely different than what we've had the past few years. So to completely change the program and the results still be there right away, um, you know, just says a lot about, you know, everybody, everybody putting their best foot forward to try and just make it work. Um, so I'm just, I'm really excited to continue on the year and, you know, just keep going. I think we're going to have a really good year and, you know, I think it's, it's going to be fun for everybody. And Camp, I think what, if I can add to that a little bit, you know, you guys have been racing and it's been pretty chilly. You guys aren't used to racing in, in some of the temperatures you've been racing in. Um, I got to believe in May and as we get into the summer, um, that that's just going to help you. Yeah, um, you know, definitely we're really confident right now in our slick track program, which is something that we kind of felt that we just, we weren't getting right the last couple of years. We just felt like we just couldn't get on top of it to where we were better than what we wanted to be. And, you know, we feel like already that we've got a pretty good program going to where we're not having to do a bunch of crazy stuff to get the car to drive and be comfortable. Um, you know, so we, we look forward to seeing what happens, you know, as the summer months come along. You know, I, I'm, I'd be happy if the tracks were kind of fast and had some speed in them for a while. I hate the just slow and awful races, but um, you know, I, I think we're going to be good when it happens. You walked right into it, and uh, now I'm going to make you elaborate because this has been a big discussion piece here early in 2023, and that is tracks going slick from top to bottom. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week on the show. Um, you know, we've got a track up here in Michigan, Tri-City, that is known for going slick from top to bottom, but it puts on a good show when it does that, more so maybe than when it is hammered down. Um, are we seeing racetracks, are we seeing a change in dirt racing where we're not getting hot and heavy racetracks anymore, that we are getting racetracks that are taking rubber and, and kind of slicking off from top to bottom? Is that... Are we overanalyzing that, or is that actually? I mean, are you seeing that from your perspective as well? Um, I mean, for us, it's kind of hard to say that we've raced at two tracks so far that you know pretty historically are pretty slick. Um, Attica was a little bit different than normal. Attica, at least early on, usually gets a curb on it around the top, and this uh, so far the first two races it hasn't had one at all. But um, you know they have new dirt on Attica too, so it's hard saying you know what's what's going to happen um i hope that we're not going towards the direction of just getting slick racetracks all the time i don't mind them occasionally um but i still do like some tracks with a little bit of speed in them a curb and you know if you can run the very top or the very bottom i think it makes for a fun event do you have any idea why that might be happening is this uh, a product of i mean <laughs> we saw it over the weekend uh, we follow the great lake super sprints we have an association with them saw a couple of chunk hoosier racing tires over the weekend uh, i mean do you think that these compounds are are given away and burning onto the racetrack quicker than what we're used to with how quick they're being made and not having time to cure. Is there any science behind it? Are we just blowing smoke and mirrors right now? Or I mean, it does feel like, cause they're talking about it nationally. They're talking about it with high limits. They're talking about it with flow races, uh, late models and, and sprint cars about how racetracks are just seeming to take rubber all the time. And uh, we're not seeing a lot of, of uh, rip the lip style racing right now. Um, you know, I don't, it's hard to say. Um, you know, the, a lot of the 410 cars now are on that new tire versus like the Great Lakes Super Sprint. That stuff was all the old tires still. Um, you know, so it's kind of hard to compare that to what we're doing. Um, you know, there's honestly, there's probably people that make a lot more money than I do that are paid <laughs> to try and understand that. So they might be the better ones than me. Right. 
Yeah, man. Well, hey, nonetheless, uh, we have the same hope that you do, and that's uh, we like a good hammer down racetrack every now and then too. We, you know, it's all about driver talent, but it doesn't hurt to see who's got big kahunas every once in a while and who can really rip the lip and make something happen out there on the racetrack. So, uh, man, it's been awesome to see your performance this month. I know you haven't got a chance to race as much as you'd like to, but again, home pro hammer for the month of April with some great statistics to back it up. Four races, four top ten finishes, and three top fives. Uh, Cap, it's been it's been a really uh, awesome pleasure to watch you uh, do what you do in the month of April, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what happens in May. Hopefully we get some more races under our belt. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. You know, thanks to Shannon Eifert and his guys there, um, you know, with their company and, you know, Home Pro Roofings. And, you know, appreciate all the fans that made this happen and, you know, look forward to the rest of the year. Well, I want to say thanks to Brenton and Cap for uh, joining us tonight on Horsepower Happenings, another fantastic episode. And um, even with a couple of shorter interviews, you and I managed to babble our way right past the 60-minute mark. <laughs> Did we really again? Go figure. How is that? Why does that not even surprise me anymore? Hey, we got to take a look at the upcoming calendar and um, – Mother Nature was not, I don't know, could it have rained Monday through Thursday? That's all I'm asking. I understand rain makes the world go around, rain makes corn, and I like whiskey, but come on, Monday through Thursday is fine. Yeah, that would have been nice, but I I guess all things come back around because did you see the forecast for this coming weekend? Looks good, Everybody's going to get to race this weekend. <laughs> is, that, is it too early to say that? Oh, I hope you don't jinx this, man, because uh, we got a great upcoming calendar coming up. Um, and uh, that, of course, starts with Friday night at Tri-City Motor Speedway. They're going to finally get a chance to open things up, and they're going to do it in a big way, uh, as Mike Blackmore always does at Tri-City and Merritt Speedways. So they're going to have the fast shafts. Uh, qualifier, $1,000 win for IMC Modifieds. And then just down the road or over the road, Mount Pleasant Speedway will open their season. I believe they've got a pro stock special going on at Mount Pleasant on Friday night as well. And then how about Saturday, Rich? The long-awaited opening of Owasso Speedway and Rex Wheeler and Jeff Parrish will finally get a chance to do their thing over at Owasso. Yeah, exactly. That, I hear a lot of people, I, I think they're going to have a pretty full crowd there that they probably haven't seen in a while at Owasso Speedway. I hear a lot of people are going to try to make their way up there to catch that first event. And why wouldn't you, right? Exactly. You, wanna, you know, they, they've been all the work that, that 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 group, that Rex's group and Jeff's group has put in into that facility. Um, I wish I could be there. That's right. But, uh, I will. I, I will be there this summer, I promise. But, um, you know, that and it's got everybody that they made so much noise all winter long. Um they deserve the crowd, and they deserve to show that place off a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, if you're a fan of sprint cars, you get a chance to see the weekly action on Saturday night of the 410 sprint car crowd. Butler Motor Speedway opens up their season on Saturday night uh, with, of course, 410 sprints. One of the only tracks remaining in the state of Michigan to run UMP late or <laughs> UMP modifieds. And then, of course, their street stock and front-wheel drive division as well. And the upgrades continue to be made. An all-new, wider Butler Motor Speedway awaits fans on Saturday for that season opener and then we look ahead two weeks rich france we got two friday night tracks that are putting on big shows to get things started and that of course is hartford speedway in hartford michigan they're going to have their season opener on friday may the 12th it'll feature dirt car ump modifieds and then of course they'll have their new division of uh, crown vicks unveiling that night as well stock cars and the whole works for some good, dirty family fun, Friday night, May the 12th at Hartford Speedway. Racing begins at 7.30. And then hopefully, you and I finally get a chance to work together that same night at I-96 Speedway. 
Yeah, that'll be fun. But let, let, let's go back to this coming weekend because we got a couple more openers oh, we want to sure. headline. Yeah. We, we want to make sure we get everybody they're loving. Uh, Galesburg Speedway this Saturday, the Todd Foot Victory 110 for Template Super Late Models, $5,010 to win, I believe is what it is. This Saturday, you can get all the information, uh, gate times and everything from the Galesburg Facebook page. And then uh, Flat Rock Speedway opening night, 4 p.m. start. Uh, this week and the following week, the first two weeks at Flat Rock are 4 p.m. starts. So you can be, you could almost be done by 6:30 and still make it somewhere else for another race. That's right. Uh, we, we've done, we did that last year and we were out of there by like 6:30. It was pretty cool. But Outlaw Super Late Model Street Stocks and Figure Eights on tap, uh, 4 p.m. Saturday at Flat Rock. So you're telling me if you get on at Flat Rock at 6:30, uh, you're going to come meet me at Butler for some sprint car racing? Like, what time do they start? Uh, seven or seven thirty, seven o'clock, I think. So you could get there. I might be there at seven. Th- might be about a half hour late, but man, you just came up with a brilliant idea. <laughs> um, and then we do have to give love to Hartford uh, and I ninety six because, of course, uh, they're coming up in two weeks with some big season openers as well. Um, so we talked to you about Hartford I ninety six though. Um, how important it is to support this racetrack, and this is going to be a really cool show as well. Great Lake Super Sprints, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, and Midwest Dirt Compact Touring Series. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that. And you know, I know how bad Barry wanted to get in that first event. Uh, you know, last week, and it, it just wasn't in the cards. I mean, they when it rains that much, um, and you, and there was a risk of it coming back. You know, it's just it's just really hard. I mean, I don't I don't like the keyboard warriors going out there saying, "Oh, you could have raced, you yeah. could have raced," but you know, I mean. Barry's got himself to take care of on this because it's his solo deal, right? That's right. So, so um, you know, everybody just needs to keep supporting them. Every show that Gary that he's going to put out, all eight of the rest of them are going to be outstanding. So uh, just keep an eye on that next time. Like I said, May 12th, I-96 Speedway, Great Lakes Super Sprints, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, and the Compact Dirt Touring Series that – that should be a pretty good night. Should be a good one. And, of course, you can catch that on the HPH Network. And uh, to find that, go to horsepowerhappenings.com slash live races, and you'll be able to uh, take in everything that we got going on on the Horsepower Happenings Network. And uh, you can also find a race replay from Winston Speedway if you miss the action. You want to, you know, this is this is great. If you're going on a travel somewhere, you know, kind of scrub forward to the feature events if you want or to the heat races and kind of listen to that. You're working on your race car or your hot rod in the shop, turn that thing on and just kind of listen to what's going on. Uh, Colleen Nickerson actually commented that they were listening from the Mars event down at Brownstown Bullring to uh, what we were doing at Winston. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, yeah, they were, they wanted to know what was going on up there with the late models as well. So, yeah. uh, no, that's pretty cool. I that's can't a, wait to. Right. Yeah, we need we need to get a, get together really soon and and do this. So do do that again. So that's cool. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's program. On behalf of Brenton DeYoung and Cap Henry, Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Uh, on behalf of Scott Menlin, who pays the bills. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening. 